What a customer was eating five years ago is completely different now. So you've got to stay sharp on that market front. Because food waste really starts at the farm and then it finishes at the end of a scraped plate. This is the Food and Beverage Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Food and Beverage Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and boy, am I excited for this episode of the podcast because, not going to lie, there's nothing quite like snacking on pretzels. They're the best snack. They're one of my faves. It's why I love goldfish pretzels so much. It's why pretzel M&Ms are my favorite M&M. That may be a hot take, but regardless, pretzels are the bomb. And for the most part, other than in size and shape, most big-name pretzels are all kind of the same. You know, there's, there's not too much variety. On today's episode of the podcast, though, we're shining light on a Midwest home-style pretzel brand that took the Midwest by storm. And we're opening the bag on the business decisions that took it from hobby to success and the brand decisions that helped propelled it forward into the competitive snack world. So I'd like to welcome Dorothy Henke, better known to the world as Dot, founder of Dot's Homestyle Pretzels. Dot, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on. Well, thank you very much for asking me to be on this podcast. Absolutely. Um, You know, we love your pretzels here at the office, and I've actually got a little bag of your pretzels here. I couldn't resist, and I'd honestly like to start off by making all of our listeners a little jealous and uh, do a little taste description while we're on the podcast. So I'm going to nab one here. I'm going to kind of give it a taste. But while I'm doing that, if you had to lay out the feel and flavor of Dot's pretzels, how would you describe it, you know, in layman's terms without revealing too many of the trade secrets? Well, it has that kind of, um, I'm going to say savor the flavor on it. You, I don't know. I hate saying this, but I kind of suck my pretzel to make sure that the flavor (laughs) goes throughout your whole mouth. And it just gives you that wow. Mm. Yeah. See what you're doing? Yeah, I'm I'm def- <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm I'm letting it sit. I'm letting it sit. Just just savor that flavor. And you know, you just let that just People mm. are it's kind of funny when we do do some taste testing at the at the plants and stuff and they watch me. I got more of them into how I eat the pretzel. I don't just bite into the pretzel. I just put that pretzel in and I just suck off the flavor. I, it's just yep. savor the rub, savor the rub that's on there because that's, it makes the wow. It gives that pop in your mouth and, mm. but the pop doesn't last too long, which is what I was looking for. Well, it makes you want to go in for another. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. <laughs> So, you know, when I when I browse the aisles of, you know, Kroger, Walmart, whatever, even my local um, grocers, I don't see a lot of pretzels with rubs. I mean, there are some, but it's definitely not the standard right now to lean into stylizing the pretzel. Was that a, a niche side of the market that you were trying to break into when you founded Dots Home Style Pretzels? Actually, no. Um, I never even thought that we were going to do anything like this. I did it kind of as a fun thing to do. Yeah. In the Midwest, when we decided after 
and this is going back a little bit more, when we went to the flag football games in Arizona to see how the product was accepted by the community, um, you watched their faces and it was that, wow, just like what you are doing right now. And oh yeah, when we came to North Dakota to do the same thing, we went to a Pride of Dakota show and it was that the reaction of people's faces, how they reacted to the product. And that's what you're, as you accepted yourself, as you were doing, we never really truly thought that it was going to be the fun thing that it ended up being that people accepted us so well that they had that while every time they tasted the pretzel and right. to be accepted the way we've been accepted in the Midwest and further out now is unbelievable. The stores are the stores are putting us where they want us because they know the people have accepted it so well. Which is great. You know, you basically got a grassroots movement around your pretzel, which is probably the best way to to get a passionate community and to get people that are going to be repeat customers, right? You get people exactly. you get people in the heart, right? You, you get them where it matters. And now suddenly they're brand ambassadors for you. They want to go out. I mean, for not not any more complicated reason than they love the flavor, they're going to keep. They're going to keep um, eating it. Yeah. And, and b before we get into the breakdown of the business and everything, uh, which is all very interesting, I do want to give you a chance here to break down your story because the story of how you got into basically creating Dots Homestyle Pretzels is very unique. Um, so I'd love for you to walk me and your audience, or excuse me, I'd love you to walk me and my audience through your journey from finance to fine pretzels and the twists and turns, pun intended, that led to the company's launch. Well, what we did was um, my relative in Arizona, she is a sales rep and she wanted to give something from North Dakota because she was originally from North Dakota in started um, her career in Arizona. And I this pretzel, everybody loved in the family. So she just said, hey, why don't you do something fun? You know, let's do something fun. So what we did was I made up, as our logo is pretty much the way it was from the beginning. We just put a little logo on a bag, put a little big red little bow on these packages. And she gave them out to her clientele in Arizona. Her phone rang off the hook. She could not believe what happened. You know, it was just something so awesome. And she kept calling me every day, she, all the phone calls she was getting. And it was just kind of fun. And it was nothing that we intentionally were going to do at all. And so off of that, you know, like I, I told you, we went to flag football games. I wanted to make sure that we were in the right, going the right direction, that it wasn't just... Eh, people like because they liked, you know, um, her. And so from there, we, you know, like I said, we went to a Pride of Dakota show out in Williston. And the reaction was just so amazing that how, how do you say no to that? And I was going to be retiring and helping my husband farm. And 
um, from that, of course, I I still helped on the farm, but I really focused myself on the pretzel business itself. Well, I, I think what really sets it apart is that it was birthed from something not really with that big vision in mind. You know, you weren't going into it thinking, all right, I'm going to corner the market here. I'm going to go in, I'm going to try to introduce this rub, and then I'm going to try to grow, you know, from e-commerce to brick and mortar. Like, the the business plan wasn't there from the beginning. Not that, you know, it's better or worse if you did have a business plan, but it just makes it fresh and authentic that you had a flavor, you had a style that you were proud of and you wanted to share it with the community and the community responded in a way that made it make sense to approach it from a business perspective. Exactly. You nailed it right on. I mean, we had no intentions of doing what we did. I had no experience in the food business. That was a whole new learning curve of everything that you have to do to the stuff on oh, the yeah. bank. I mean, it, it, it was starting from blank zero going to where we are right now. Believe me, the, my brain exploded. And, you know, we, <laughs> we did a lot of, you know, there's a lot of failures along the way. Uh, but you know what? The, the response of the community, the consumers, the retailers, um, everybody was so um, spectacular. Uh, their responses, um, their face expressions, were so amazing that it just kept you going. The stories that they told, how they were sharing the product, how they were um, giving the, the product to their relatives because they thought it was so wonderful. How do you not respond to that? And yeah. so we just, I just kept working, working that. And, you know, to get it out in North Dakota, you know, we went, my husband and I, we thought, where do we go with this? How do we market it? Because we hadn't done anything quite like this ever in our lives. And so we took, you know, the Farmers Union, took a map of North Dakota, grabbed the towns that Farmers Union were in, and we sent those people a sample box of our product. And I called them out. You know, I'd send out 10 to 12 boxes a week just to see... Uh, so that I could keep up for one thing. And we didn't know what the response would be there. But th they were amazing. They they didn't want to do a whole lot because they thought our price was a little high. But the consumers responded well. And I think one thing was, it's a Pride of Dakota product. The next thing, it was out of a small town of Belva, North Dakota. You know, I think the combination of that and the how the product tasted to them, something so unique and so uh, different, I think people just supported uh, me 100%. So when you finally made that decision to take something that was resonating with the community and really try to build a business around it, what were you just absolutely unprepared for in the snack world when you entered the scene? You know, what was something that really blew you away that you were like, wow, I had no idea you had to do this or you had to do this. You know, what what was a big challenge you had to overcome right from the get-go? Well, first we had to come up with the commercial kitchen. Um, yeah. In Arizona, uh, you can register your home, which I did. Um, that was no issue. 
But coming to North Dakota, you had to have a commercial kitchen. We looked around and thank God I had Sean Vita from the Velvet Fresh Foods say, hey, I'll work out something for it with you. Because at that time, there was, we had the flood. We had the oil boom. It was very, very difficult to come up with a building that we could afford to start a company that you didn't know if it was going to make it or not. So I, I, I cannot say enough good about Sean um, for coming to my rescue. I worked with their uh, bakery. I worked when they weren't working. And um, that's how I got going there, just to make the product. That was one of our big things. And we did find a building. And um, Ivan, my God, he was a godsend. I mean, he wanted his building to become something. He just, he had a lot of faith in us. So he sold us the building quite reasonable for us to get going. But we had to get water into that building, which was another um, a whole new degree of not knowing what the heck you were doing again. Plus, taking a building that was a um, building where they was a, a machinery shop and making that into a food grade facility. I mean, a lot of obstacles, my dear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the regulatory back end alone must have been something quite difficult to maneuver. Um but then when you get into just trying to build a business around it, I mean, a, a big part of snack food undeniably is the branding around mm -hmm. it, the literal packaging, the aesthetic, the look of the snack, uh, and then again, that community that you build around it. Um, so let's, let's break each of those down because I think those are all really important. Um, you know, they're all different sides of branding, but they all really help propel a snack and just any kind of product forward. What were you going for on all those fronts? And let's start with the packaging. When you approached standardizing, oh, excuse me. When you approached standardizing Dots Homestyle pretzels, um, you know, bags, the large scale and small scale ones, um, how did you try to craft the perfect brand around it? What was your vision for that? Well, as you see on the bag, that logo has oh, yeah. not changed a whole lot. Um, we liked it. We liked that diamond yeah. shape. So we have really targeted everything around that. Um, from what my very first big design was to what it is today, in between all of that, we, we had gone to shows and people um, out there in the, out there in the market, um, the different vendors, different uh, distributors tell you, how things need to be. You listen to your distributors, you listen to the retailers, and you definitely listen to your consumers. Asking what they want, that logo has always been used from day one, but we have worked around that to meet the demand of what they wanted. We had a clear bag. Well, from that clear bag, and we, uh, I had what a gal put in over a million stickers on bags because I was too 
conservative to go out there and just make up a bunch of bags. We had to make them thicker each and every time because that salt off the pretzel. But as I say, that logo never changed. We changed the design of the bags to meet consumer demand. But the logo has been used on everything. Every time we can get a chance to use that logo, we're, we're sticking that logo out there so that that brand recognition is noted immediately when people see. And, you know, it really evokes, even if it is subconsciously, kind of the baseball feel because you've got that diamond, you've got that home plate kind of look. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, uh, it kind of screams baseball, ballpark, even in just the subtle framing of that logo. Is that something you were going for? We got lucky. I'm, gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, I, you know, <laughs> we were so greenhorn in everything we did. But w- once, you know, we liked it and we just kept using that and growing that off. Like the bags used to be clear. Now we got the pretzel to show. People kind of liked the clear bag when we were doing it. But we wanted to stress that this was more pretzel and make it look um richer gourmet looking because that's what distributors retailers they were telling us we had to make it look more i don't i hate using elegant but we had to give it that unique look and that's why we went with the pretzel look instead of the clear the clear just did not make it rich looking that we needed to do um, to be out there in the market that there was. And we were looking for that gourmet look. And to us, you know, the bag is a little bit more shiny. It gives it that rich, richer look that, um, like I say, you listen to people. You, you give them what they want. And that's all the feelings that we got of all our talking that we did with people, listening to what they said. We needed to get that more gourmet look. Now, for the actual look of the pretzel itself, you didn't go for the kind of twisted, um, you know, shape that everyone, the heart shape that everyone, I think, immediately thinks of when they think pretzel. You went for more of the stick twisted shape why go for that instead of the traditional kind of heart-shaped pretzel what was the reasoning behind that was there any um, well yeah any any like branding decision or was it more just it came more naturally to you that pretzel has the butter taste to it yeah and that butter taste is the uniqueness of that pretzel taste because in every bite every savor that you do, you have that buttery, which is richness, yumminess, everything that you can describe. Who doesn't like butter? I mean, true. Butter is delicious. We're we're going to have to write that one down as fact. Butter is delicious. Yes. No way to ignore it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. And then when we look at the community, obviously that's what came first and that's what helped propel dots forward. What, or I guess, how did you try to continue to foster that community once you already had it 
and you decided to take this to the business level um, because I think a lot of times the the struggle is, okay, well, I've got a great idea. Now I'm going to commoditize it to a degree. Uh, you know, I'm going to try and, and you know, build a kind of business around it that could lead to maybe losing the vision or it could lead to people maybe losing interest in it because it's not quite as um, – you know, homemade anymore. It's going to have more of a factory feel or, you know, I think that runs through some consumers heads, especially when they feel like, oh, I got here first. I have, you know, kind of a personal stake in um, the success of Dots Homestyle Pretzels. How did you try to maintain that community and that feel while still growing your operation? You know, I think the one-on-one. Yeah. I definitely had and we still answer the phone. Good morning. This is Dots Pretzels. We keep that one-on-one relationship with our customers. We, we're constantly talking to our customers. We're constantly talking to our distributors. We are constantly talking to our retailers. And we listen to what people want. I, I, I just think that one-on-one is Dots Pretzels. And we never want to lose that. And I'm glad you didn't. Um, you also, I think, put a lot of emphasis on the the local community specifically and small community events and outreach. Like you mentioned, flag football games, Pride of Dakota show. Um, what are some other ways that you tried to engage the people in your community, you know, within that 50-mile radius um, and and really getting them active and be you know getting them to evangelize the product. I have done. Um, I went to a lot of the shows. I don't know if I can really answer this question. Uh, sure. We are not going to shows as much anymore. Yeah. And the one reason is because the product's out there now. Um, it takes away from my distributors. It takes away from my retailers. Their business that they have worked hard also. So I have backed off on doing a lot of shows. I have focused more on doing like these podcasts, uh, doing stories just to let people know that I'm still there because I've kind of stepped away from that, that part. Uh, that's a harder question, Dan, on what you're asking there. Because I'm not going out there the way I used to, but I sure. I really did at one time. I mean, when we went to Pride of Dakota shows, um, they they were probably that that's the fun part. Uh, but like I say, we had to kind of back away from that because people would just come there and buy the product. They didn't buy it through my stores anymore. Well, who brought that to us? is, you know, the retailers supporting me the way they did, the distributors um, supporting me the way they did. The consumers also, but they can go to those Midwestern stores and get. So as Dot's Homestyle Pretzels grew and became more of an operation, you had to start to think about how am I going to get this out there beyond just my passionate local community? How am I going to try to reach the rest of at least the United States with these delicious pretzels? Um, and I know getting shelf space can be a nightmare, especially when you're dealing with slotting fees, you know, that can be pricey, really hard to maneuver, at least just the the logistics and the legality and 
mm-hmm. that good stuff. How did you approach bringing dots in store and building a brick and mortar business plan specifically? Well, we have not asked for the spots that we have gotten. I know this sounds really, really silly, but people are calling us. We are not reaching out at this point yet. Wow. To okay. distributors or retailers, they are calling us for us to get the product into their stores. Um, And I know that sounds unheard of, but that's the way our business has been. We made, uh, I had to learn how to use Excel better in my my time, um, writing down all the information, their name, phone number, email, and put them on a list. And so what we are doing is we are not asking for business as of right yet. And I'm sure at some point that is going to change. But right now yeah. we are still just accepting the phone calls and the emails. So so that must present a different kind of challenge because um, instead of, I guess, having a structured feel, at least at first for, okay, we want to hit X many stores, you know, instead it's it's flipped. Um, I'm sure you still feel some of the logistical challenges that come with distribution and, and getting your pretzels to those stores. Um, how did you maneuver some of that, some of the delivery aspects, the logistical distribution aspects of growing Dots Homestyle Pretzels? Well, our marketing team is uh, setting up a logistics of the USA, and we are just going out further than the Midwest, um, trying to kind of go down the map from North Dakota because as it keeps going down the States, we're accepted better. Um, I know like we had, we opened up the Arizona plant, probably opened that up a little bit too soon because, you know, from North Dakota, Arizona is a long ways away. And in between there, we were not known as well, but we have done um, with me being in Arizona in the winter, I have gone to shows there and sampled, trying to get that product out as much as possible. The other benefit of Arizona was that, guess what? North Dakota moves down to Arizona during the winter. The word of mouth has spread that way tremendously about our product. We're getting, um, but like I say, I think we started a little bit too soon in Arizona. Our Kansas plant is perfect with how we have shifted because that's close enough to North Dakota that the product has been very well accepted in those areas. Um, I'm going to bring up ACE because ACE is throughout the USA. That has spread our word a lot. We have gone to the ACE shows. We have sampled. Those retailers are independent um, retailers of ACE. Um, they have supported us very well uh, by doing a lot of sampling in their stores. That's a a big way of how we have uh, been able to get the product out into consumers' mouths, by samples. We do a lot of sample bags um, each and every week to get out to consumers out to these retailers so that they can um, get the product out into 
um, the consumers for their taste buds. And once you know what happens when you taste it is that you want more. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with a product like this, you really communicate the vibe of it and the flavor of it clearly when you can have people taste it in person and go to these events where you can engage, interact, and network with people in person. But Dots has also seen a lot of success online, really taking advantage of the reach of e-commerce. I mean, to the point where I'm eating Dots home-style pretzels in Dallas, Texas. Um, But again, it's kind of hard to test food online. So how do you approach getting the word and the flavor of Dots to a larger audience than just North Dakota through online sales and through trying to evangelize your product through e-commerce? I'm going to say it's word of mouth. Yeah. I think people have... The Midwest has supported us so well that they send it to their relatives for Christmas gifts. My God, Christmas is like, wow, Um, our Internet orders go crazy because people are sending our product out to all over. I mean, we're sending product over to the uh, military. You know, if somebody puts an order and it says APL, that order gets to be a bigger order because we add extra bags for military people. Um, they're spreading the word over there. The power of people, our base, our consumers has been, I, I can't say enough kind words to the consumers of how they have spread the word that, I mean, we're in almost all 48 states, you know? Um, it's, it's just amazing how people have, um, supported us. There, there is no other way of saying that the consumers are the ones that have got our product out more than probably my own team and myself. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you really just tapped into that magic. Um, and, and, and you're tapping into something people want, uh, for example, snackandbakery.com, they dropped this really interesting article on the pretzel market in general. And they were saying that they're seeing more variety from the pretzel giants and from the pretzel newcomers, which is driving growth in the market as consumers demand more convenient and relatively healthy ish, you know, snack foods. What are your thoughts on that trend? How do you feel like this, this increased variety of pretzel products out there is affecting your business? Um, you know, I still, I think it's all good. You know, having competitiveness is always good. It makes us, our number one concern is that we keep our quality as good as we can. Of course, safety in our plants is always number one. Also between quality and safety, there is nothing more important. Um, But having the competitiveness of people trying to copy, people coming out with new flavors, we're coming out with a new flavor here very shortly. Uh, But I want it as unique as what my first is. And it's hard to beat my first. That's why it has taken me a long time. I do not want to put a product out there that is not of the quality and the uniqueness of my first. And that's why it's taken me a while. I have failed in my oven here at home 10 times over. Um, But when our new flavor comes out, it's going to be as unique, or I feel is as unique. And I'm going to say, I'm 
I'm going to say it's going to be better than our competitors because quality has to be number one on what I put out there. I feel that strong. And yeah. it's my employees that are the ones that are taste testing. I think they get tired of me sometimes, my taste testing <laughs> that I, I ask them to do. But I want them to like it just as much as I do. And who's better? Right. I mean, do you think that um, this overall trend towards more pretzel products is doing some good for Dots? And that is just, you know, the the overall consumer taste has been inching towards pretzels and pretzel varieties. And so therefore, people are maybe more inclined to try Dots homestyle pretzels. I don't know. Um, I think just pretzels has been underrated for a long time. You know, it's always been yeah. the potato chips, you know. Um, and I think, I don't think the pretzel is as bad. I know when I had my ingredient list done for me, for my, my pretzel bags, you know, I asked the gal there at NDSU, I said, hey, how bad is my product? Because I don't read that stuff very much, you know, all the ingredients and all that. She goes, you know, really, it's not that bad for you. Even though you got that, she, she liked the buttery taste too. And she goes, God, you just think something this good is going to be really bad for you? But she goes, really, Dot? It's not that bad, you know? Um, and I think I I know that um, some of the ingredients um, in a lot of the product, you know, has that MSG and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I know that's not all good for you. So on our new flavor that's coming out, we're going non-MSG. I know I'm going to have a lot of hip-hip parades on that. Um, but I tell you what, MSG does add that extra wow to your product. But if you work hard and long enough, non-MSG can do the same thing. And that's what I'm hoping with this new product that we're having coming out soon. Exciting. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. I, I, I love that. So just to kind of wrap up our thoughts and uh, this conversation... Mm -hmm. What would you say are some entrepreneur lessons? So breaking out of just the food and beverage industry, the snack industry, just looking at running a business, starting a business that began as a hobby, what are some lessons that you've gained along the way that you think speak to successful business in general and uh, you know, are lessons you would evangelize to other entrepreneurs? You know, get good partners. Yeah. Number one, um, good employees. Um, I have a team I can't be prouder of. They work for me and they, uh, they bend over backwards. But then again, I bend over backwards for them too. Never. It's a back and forth. It's a back and forth. Um, we respect each other. I, I truly do believe that. I hope they feel the same way once they hear this. Uh, they mean everything to me. I will do almost anything for the people that support me. Work as a team. Um, we um, are constantly, I, I shouldn't say just we, I ask for their input all the time. Um, it's, it's a team effort on everything we do. Them are, um, and listening to your consumers, listening to the people that support you. 
listening, don't always talk all the time. Listen. You get your answers. Another thing we do at DOTS is we do the pros and cons on everything we do. It answers almost not 100% of all your questions, but darn near. Give me the pros and cons of everything that you want to uh, throw at, at us. And I like that mentality too, because really what it does is it it keeps the core of the business focused. Because if you as a business are listening to what your consumer wants, not assuming, not trying to make calculated business decisions, though, I mean, yes, of course, you need to be thoughtful and proactive as a business. But if you have the core of it remaining the same, if you focus on trying to deliver a product that your consumers continue to tell you this is a good product. We like this. You know, this is resonating with us. Then, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, I'm not saying you can't fail, but I think you're much more likely to stay at least afloat uh, because you've got a core audience that really likes your product, really likes what you stand for. And when you've got a community that feels like the brand is more than a brand, it's something that resonates with them on a personal level. That's when you get that longevity. That's when you get that really deep market impact. And that's when Dot's Homestyle Pretzels becomes more than a fad and becomes a staple of the snack market. 100%. I love that. Well, Dot, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It was a pleasure getting to break this down with you. I mean, it really does sound like y'all found some magic here. Um, And it was a mix of a really receptive community solid branding, great flavor, obviously. Uh, you know, I've been resisting snacking on these as we've been talking, but I don't think the audience wants to hear my munches on the <laughs> other side of the of the mic. Um, but yeah, a mix of all that, um, you know, plus some, some quality branding that I think resonated with the community, some business decisions that resonated with the community, and a general trend towards people are liking pretzels a little more now. People are eating pretzels, and uh, Dots is has had uh, you know a lot of financial success going on with this too. And, and uh, Dots is growing. Dots is thriving. Um, and I, I really think you all found a rhythm with it. Um, so it's just going to be exciting to see how you continue to grow, um, you know, how you continue to expand your products, and what the future of Dots looks like. We'll have to bring you back on for that update once we get some fresh news. But in the meantime, Dot, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed chatting with you today. Well, thank you so much, and it was a pleasure. It was fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.